Sexual Neuroses by J. T. Kent. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Chad Horner from Ballyclare, in County Antrim, Northern Ireland, situated in the northeast of the island of Ireland. Sexual Neuroses by J. T. Kent. Chapter 3 Onanism. I have adopted the term onanism more especially to illustrate a class of conjugal sins and shall not use it as generally applied as a synonym for masturbation but will define the term as it should be used that the meaning of the word may be fully understood i will quote two verses from genesis chapter thirty eight verses eight and nine and judah said unto onan go in unto thy brother's wife and marry her and raise up seed to thy brother and onan knew that the seed should not be his and it came to pass when he went in unto his brother's wife that he spilled it on the ground lest that he should give seed to his brother it must not be supposed that onan used his hand to facilitate an omission but that he simply withdrew his penis and allowed the semen to be lost on the ground to prevent conception onanism is practised more at the present day by married males than may at first be imagined it is the commonest of all means used as a preventative of conception the majority of so-called society women are wives of men who practice onanism the word has come to signify masturbation or any intentional process of wasting the seminal fluid but i have preferred it just here as it explains a practice which i have no other word for the very common practice of withdrawing the organ before ejaculation is often a very hurtful one as the orgasm is often incomplete and there are more satisfactory ways of accomplishing what is intended by such a practice under the strict signification of the term a child cannot be an onanist until after puberty but he may be a masturbator a woman cannot properly be called an onaness but she may masturbate nevertheless to present in a true light this conjugal vice i excerpt from the ohio medical and surgical reporter the following most excellent paragraph which illustrates in the pithy and elegant style that speaks volumes of argument and should be a lasting hint to cultured and scientific students in the learned profession of medicine the sexual instinct has been given to man for the perpetuation of his species but in order to refine this gift and set limits to its abuse it has been wisely ordered that a purely intellectual quality that of love should find its most passionate expression in the gratification of this instinct dissociate the one from the other a man sinks below the level of a brute destroy the reciprocity of the union and marriage is no longer an equal partnership but a sensual usurpation on the one side and a loathsome submission on the other consider the moral effects of such shameful manoeuvres wedlock lapses into licentiousness the wife is degraded into a mistress love and affection change into aversion and hate without suffering some penalty man cannot disturb the conditions of his well-being or trespass beyond its limitations let him traverse her physical laws and nature exacts a forfeit dare he violate his moral obligations an offended deity stands ready to avenge them that this law is immutable witness from the history read to you the estrangement between the husband and wife witness his ill health and ill temper and the wreck of body and mind to which she has been reduced again from the medical advance for eighteen seventy six we find the following language written by dr arnold there is one phase of sexual depravity to which i would in passing call your attention we are fully aware of the many devices used to avoid impregnation it may be well to remember that such desires may under certain circumstances be excusable but let us never forget the fact that generally 
they are conceived in iniquity of the many ways of avoiding possible conception there is one so filthy mean and degrading and fraught with such fearfully disastrous consequences to health that i make special mention of it i have reference to the practice of withdrawing the male organ from the vagina before the completion of the embryos but when man brings to the marriage bed so vile a nature that he can repeatedly and constantly perpetrate such an outrage upon nature's most precious gifts he places himself at once beyond the desert of human sympathy just imagine if you please man and woman in the act of cohabituation their brain reeling under the powerful stimulus of that all-pervading passion the heart's action increased to a high state of intensity the whole system with all the energy it is capable of exciting getting ready for that great act of reproduction and just as the act is about to be completed when the soul of the man can almost feel and grasp that of the woman the evil genius of lust being more of a fool than a knave must dash to the ground the chalice filled with ambrosia of purest bliss if tasted with a pure lip must turn into the vilest poison the sweetest and holiest gift of nature to man why i have wondered long and often that man could sink so low be so foolish just conceive of the intensity of such a shock upon the system and then have this repeated time after time year after year why they are married who never once in all their married life completely and unreservedly finished the act of cohabituation no wonder that nervousness peevishness and all kinds of dissempers show themselves no wonder we get spermatoria and impotence in the male and a perfect host of troubles insanity included in the woman no wonder homes are broken up and human lives made desolate end of chapter three by j t kent